time for our second hour roundtable on America Can We Talk with Debbie George Addis. More talking truth about America. And welcome back. Okay, folks, so we had just before the break, we had a wonderful interview with Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin. I did manage to, I meant to ask him one more question, did manage to uh, have a little further conversation I'm going to play for you right now. Welcome back to America. Can we talk? I could not resist trying to get one more question in with Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin. He was gracious enough to be available. I wanted to ask, after your truly impressive military career, you decided upon retirement to join the Family Research Council. You serve as your executive vice president. What drew you to that work at the Family Research Council? Yeah, well, when I retired, I did not go to the Family Research Council immediately. I actually started teaching at a men's college, and then I... uh, I did a lot of consulting and uh, was actually, for the first time in my life, making a little money, not teaching, but the consulting part. But um, in about 2011, my my wife and I had our grandchildren, six grandchildren in our home, and uh, and three of them are boys, and and uh, they're you know they're wide open, and they uh, when they left after Christmas, and the din in our house, you know, subsided. Uh, we stood in the kitchen, and, and I said, what kind of country are we going to leave them? My wife said, that's a great question. And she said, it's not about us anymore. It's not about what we're going to get. It's about what we leave them. And that was the point at which I decided to respond to a request that I'd had three times from Tony Perkins to go to the Family Research Council. Uh, so we felt like we could make a difference in their future and what kind of country we leave them by going to the Family Research Council and getting involved in the culture war, and that's where we are today. Sir, thank you so much for talking with me. Thank you. Glad to be with you. Okay, folks, you know, that comment he made, I just want to talk a little bit about that, you know, getting back in the culture war. I think there are a lot of Americans, and I I understand completely that your lives are busy, you have your jobs and your kids and your obligations, and you might be in school. I mean, we have just so many demands on our time, and I think we can get kind of uh, just feeling like, you know, life is so busy, and the politicians around the country, and I do vote. I go out every time election season comes around, and I vote. I might even, you know, make a few phone calls to my candidate. But, you know, we, we kind of think America runs on autopilot, and you know, we may change presidents or congressmen or senators or state government people, but kind of it's on autopilot and it's going to be okay no matter what. But that is really not true, that America will be okay without the participation of patriotic, uh, you know, just people who love this country and are willing to be active. And he used the term culture war. And that's a lot of what I want to talk about in the second hour tonight is how many things are happening in America that we observe and we think, gee, that's so crazy. How could there be so many people out in the streets, you know, protesting this? Why would all those women show up at that women's march and, and you know, make just many ira- crass and irrational demands? Why is all this agitation happening on campuses? Why is there such a sense of, of you know, racial tension in America? And most of us think that it's happening organically. We just assume I somehow can't understand exactly what is motivating this other guy, other person uh, you know, who's getting real, who's very active. But, you know, I must be wrong. There's something I'm not seeing. But the fact is much, in fact, virtually all of the agitation on the American left is not organic. 
It's not natural. It's not the result of people sitting around in their college campuses or in their homes and their churches and their schools and all of a sudden being wound up out of genuine, you know, study of history and study of our culture and reaction to events. There's much about what's occurring in America that is actually contrived, manipulated, motivated, bought, and paid for. And that's a lot of what I want to talk about in the rest of the show tonight, that there's so many issues that matter that will shape whether America remains a country that's free, has free speech, and all the other blessings, freedoms that are spelled out in the First Amendment. Will we still have a culture of liberty and self-reliance, a culture of creation and invention, a culture of liberty? This culture is the responsibility of every single American to participate in and shape because there will always be people who want to take your liberty away, who want to redefine what America means, redefine what freedom should mean, redefine what you should be allowed to say, shouldn't be allowed to say, redefine the culture and greatness and uniqueness of America. There are always people since America's founding, when the colonists overthrew the king, there were people who wanted to say, oh, let the king be in charge. Let him do what he wants. Don't challenge him. Don't speak up. But our job as patriotic, loving Americans, is to be active in this war on culture, recognize the degree to which it is manipulated and contrived. The opposition of the left on so many issues, manipulated, contrived. We're going to talk about that in the rest of the show. And recognize how much more power you have than you think you have. If you just watch things in America, come home and talk to your friends, your family, your husband, your wife, your kids, and say, gee, gall dang, that's a terrible thing. We should stop that. We should do something about that. You have to be the someone doing that. We heard a speaker in this conference over the weekend talking about the point, what if all these great leaders we look back on through history who changed culture, who raised issues up, who spoke up, what if they were silent? What if they would not do what they did? Where would we be? Where would we be without Martin Luther King, without George Washington, without Abraham Lincoln, without leaders in our culture, time after time after time, who stood up for what was right? And we, on this show, America Can We Talk, urge everyone to be the patriotic citizens defending America. I'll tell you more about that right after the short break. Could you lose your career because of your faith? Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God? Can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs? Get the answers and, if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. First Liberty is the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact, First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. They've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to local schools. Visit FirstLiberty.org to learn more about how First Liberty is protecting religious freedom for all Americans in the workplace, public schools, your church, the military, and more. That's FirstLiberty.org. If you want hope for religious freedom and a free listing of your rights, go to FirstLiberty.org now. If there's one thing the conservative movement needs, it's a leader. And we have one, the Heritage Foundation. Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Heritage gets in the trenches on Capitol Hill. 
They promote principled solutions directly to lawmakers in Washington. And unlike politicians, they don't waver or compromise. But they're not a Washington institution. There are nearly a half million heritage members and supporters in America. And they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have Heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org. America faces unprecedented threats to our national security. The Center for Security Policy, based in Washington, D.C., is a national leader focused on the organization, management, and direction of public policy coalitions to promote U.S. national security. The Center is a special forces in the war of ideas dedicated to identifying opportunities and challenges likely to affect American security and acting promptly to ensure that they are the subject of focused national examination and effective action. The Center enlists support from executive branch officials, key legislators, and other public policy organizations and brings these teams together to develop and shape policies that will keep America safe. Check out centerforsecuritypolicy.org for the latest news and developments brought to you by America's leading security experts. Becoming and remaining informed is one of the best ways every citizen can be a part of the mission to keep America safe. That's centerforsecuritypolicy.org. Attention Ronald Reagan fans, what is the one item most sought after by Americans who love the Gipper? It's Young America's Foundation's Reagan Ranch Calendar. Young America's Foundation is the leading youth outreach organization dedicated to ensuring that increasing numbers of young Americans understand and are inspired by the ideas of individual freedom, a strong national defense, free enterprise, and traditional values. New audiences of young people across the country are introduced to conservative ideas through Young America's Foundation's programs, including the Reagan Ranch Program. The Reagan Ranch calendar contains spectacular images of the Gipper enjoying his beautiful 688-acre ranch, the Western White House. For a limited time, the calendar is free. Even shipping is free. To receive your beautiful Reagan Ranch calendar from Young America's Foundation, call 800-USA-1776 and mention the phrase Reagan Gift. Again, the number is 1-800-USA-1776 and Reagan Gift is the code. Learn more about Young America's Foundation at www.yaf.org. That's yaf.org. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. Just love talking with you every week. I always say my show is the two, fastest two hours of my week. It races by every week. Um, and I mentioned in the last segment that I want to talk a little bit about things that we see happening in America. And a lot, I think a lot of people look around at things happening thinking, what are these protesters even talking about? Well, I want to talk to, with you about something that some of you know, varying degrees, uh, about a man named George Soros. But I had an interesting thing re- recently. I have a good friend who listens to the show all the time, and I've mentioned George Soros in passing here and there. But she said to me recently, who's this guy George Soros you're talking about? And, and you know, it's interesting because I, do you ever notice a thing in life like whatever you learn, you, you or I think many people have this habit of thought, whatever you learn you immediately think, well, I was probably the last one to know this. Everybody else knows this. There's no point in explaining this because everybody else always knows this. But maybe realize a lot of people don't know about George Soros. And um, and the just 
it is impossible to overstate the dramatic and evil impact this man has had on American society, is continuing to have on it, and and it, it the the greatest thing to to fight back is to have the light of truth shine on what he's doing. And the very briefest of backgrounds about George Soros. So he is Jewish and was born in Hungary in 1930. So as grow as he came up, of course, as he was growing up, of course, the uh, the Nazi invasion occurred. You know, the um, the Nazi expansion in World War II, and uh, his dad actually made money from the Nazis. His Jewish father made money from the Nazis by selling information to the Nazis about his fellow Jews. Himself, George Soros, actually became employed, worked with the Nazis in helping them round up other Jews to send them off on the trains to the death camps. And so this was his background as a child and an interviewed years later and asked about it. In fact, I think I played this interview once on this show, but or played a portion of it. But he talked about how, you know, people they said the interviewer said this must have been the most horrific thing to have in your in your past and how you can, you know, how you sort that out psychologically and can live with it. And his words, I am not kidding. The year the Nazis came into Hungary was one of the best years of my life. And they, they said, you must have had a great a lot of counseling to get over the guilt. No, no, did not feel guilt. All I learned was lessons. I learned the lesson. You, stick, you look out for yourself. So George Soros, evil background. But his, if, and if it's almost impossible to imagine, he got worse. So he, over the years, I, could skip a, I must skip a lot of his life story. But he ended up being, uh, he became extremely wealthy through, um, you know, banking, uh, financial transactions, banking stuff. He ended up causing the 1992 um, breaking the bank of Bank of England. 1995 convicted as, as a felon in France for his financial activities. But the point is, he built up assets in billions, B as in boy, billions of dollars of money, and he he is behind a group. His organization is called the Open Society, and so Open Society is part of funding. Uh, many, many, many organizations that you know of. And uh, he's funded something in the range of $13 billion uh, directly through Open Society and all sorts of organizations in America. The lesson he drew from his um, experience in um, in uh, Germany growing up was that he, he had the... Um, uh, uh, he took away from it that religion was really the problem. That religion was a problem because uh, if people didn't have all this business about Jews and Christians, maybe they wouldn't have have battles at all. So he hates religion, hates Christianity, hates the idea that religion matters to anyone. Deplores the Christian culture of America. Deplores the culture of our uh, of our of liberty. What he really wants is a kind of a one world government idea, and the one world government is completely to be based on. Uh, his, you know, kind of utopian, socialist, left-wing vision of the world. So this is his goal. So George Soros, the reason he's so relevant in America today, I want to mention some organizations that you probably heard of, and you think these are actually Americans who've, you know, emerged into support for various organizations uh, and that these groups grew up in America. I mean, just list some of them. And there are literally hundreds of organizations like this. One's called Faith in Public Life. One's called Sojourners, Faith in Action for Social Justice, Circle of Protection, Faithful America, J Street, Religions for Peace, the New Evangelical Partnership for the Common Good, 
Interfaith Alliance, World Council of Churches, World Relief, Catholic Charities USA. I could go on and on and on. What all those groups have in common is they are funded by and therefore forwarding the agenda of George Soros. They have happy-sounding, patriotic, lovely American-sounding names, and they sound like they're great groups, but they are funded by George Soros, his Open Society group, and other organizations he uses to funnel money to these to these groups I mentioned, plus literally dozens and dozens and dozens of others. So confused Americans who are not alert to what George Soros is doing hear the nice name of a happy-sounding organization, you know, Faithful America, and they think, yeah, I'm Faithful, I'm American, that sounds great. How, where, do I, where do I send my check? These are groups absolutely committed to the destruction of American culture. The destruction of the idea of America's founding, founded on the the values of the scriptures, the Judeo, the Jewish values, the Christian values found in the scriptures in the Bible. That is the founding of the culture of America, which includes the culture of liberty that you don't have to be religious at all in America. Freedom of religion means you can be free of religion if you care to. But the culture in America was shaped by our Christianity. These groups sound friendly towards Christianity, but the absolute goal is the destruction of America's culture. And so there's a project ongoing, I'll be talking more and more about it, of helping more Americans become aware of the web that has been built by George Soros and his allies over uh, decades now in America, where they're literally trying to create a map, helping Americans understand where Soros' money goes, so you understand the organizations that might sound like they're happy, friendly, great organizations that you might want to write a check to, and what they really are is organizations dedicated in one way or another to the destruction of America. Some of the basic goals, actually, there was something I meant to mention to you. So back in, I think it was 19, uh, it was no, I'm sorry, it was 2016, so basically a year ago now, October 2016, there was a major hack. Over 2,500 documents were hacked from the servers of George Soros' Open Society Foundations. And it was a treasure trove exposing the level of evil of this man and what he is doing. And we always, on the show, we post the links of everything we talk about on my website, americacanwetalk.org. We put them on the Facebook page, and we share them because I want you to be as inspired as I am to speak up for and defend America. So one thing to understand is what we learned from George Soros' own words, own documents, his own organization. They are, as, as among the many things you need to understand, they really want to undermine the idea this is sanctity of life. Uh, just the sanctity of life, the notion in America that we actually value life. They, they want to redefine truth, redefine the use of terms in our language, redefine biblical love, which is man and a woman in marriage, as hate. Uh, they talk about the idea of weakening gender, weakening the identity of gender, weakening the American family, dividing America into races and identities so that we are pitted against each other. Their agenda, the Soros agenda, parallels the Democrat Party's agenda. And the Democrat Party has, through Hillary Clinton and, uh, you know, Barack Obama, many of the um, leaders of the Democrat Party speak glowingly of George Soros. They accept his money. They understand exactly what he's all about. He is all about undermining the identity of America. They also, the George Soros documents that came to light in a, a year ago now, talk about the importance of weakening law, weakening the idea of citizenship, uh, weakening the idea of uh, my, 
encouraging migration to create a voting majority. So now we see the borders have been open under Obama. We have new people coming in. We can't agree on immigration laws. We have uh, the left is agitating for people who do not have citizenship or any other right to be here and trying to get them on the voter rolls. The, the whole notion of rewriting American history so we don't cherish and love and, and, and just celebrate America's profound history of greatness and goodness and strength and morality. You ask a young person today after high school about American history, and the most they can talk about is Rosa Parks and evil racism. They can't even tell you what the Declaration of Independence says or meant. They can't even tell you what the Constitution means that is the preserver of our liberty because it protects against tyranny. So this Soros agenda is working in America. The weakening of police, the weakening of authority, the, the encouraging attacks on and disrespect for law and order and the police, the notion of encouraging redistribution of jobs, redistribution of, of wealth, redistribution of our, of our, uh, in our economy. These are not ideas that randomly occurred to somebody someday. I mean, these are, a lot of these are aligned with the Communist Party. Many of these ideas, they are socialist ideas that socialists brought to America decades ago, but they are, they are funded largely by George Soros and the organizations I could list for you. I have a list of hundreds in front of me and I'll run out of time if I try to read them all. I do want to encourage you to understand be wary when you read about organizations that sound like they have a happy, good, love America agenda behind them. If they're funded by George Soros, they don't. They have a destroy America agenda behind them. More on this. We come back from our break. This is Debbie Georges and America Can We Talk. Let me tell you about the group Vice President Mike Pence called the most effective grassroots pro-life organization in America. It's the Susan B. Anthony list, and they're the ones who are on Capitol Hill right now, day in, day out, to fight back against Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry. Every day in our nation, abortion takes more than 2,000 innocent lives, almost two every single minute of every single day. And Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion business in the country, committing one-third of all abortions. It's an unspeakable tragedy and a stain upon our nation and our humanity. And it's up to us to do something about it. This is your opportunity to join the team that's leading the charge to end abortion. Go to sba-list.org or Google Susan B. Anthony List now to learn more and start saving lives today. Do you know that one in nearly five United States residents lives in an immigrant household? That we take in more than one million new legal immigrants every year? Studying the impact of federal immigration program is the mission of the Center for Immigration Studies, the nation's only think tank looking at the broad national effect of immigration policy. Whether it's on crime, welfare, national security, or the job market, CIS digs out information about immigration from government sources, translates it into English, and makes it available to the public, the news media, and policymakers in Washington. Check out its work at CIS.org. CIS makes the case for better enforcement against illegal immigration and lower levels of legal immigration in the future. Most other special interest groups pursue the opposite. The only thing standing between them and open borders is an informed public. Get informed and stay informed by visiting CIS.org. That's CIS.org. 
If there's one thing the conservative movement needs, it's a leader. And we have one, the Heritage Foundation. Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Heritage gets in the trenches on Capitol Hill. They promote principled solutions directly to lawmakers in Washington. And unlike politicians, they don't waver or compromise. But they're not a Washington institution. There are nearly a half million Heritage members and supporters in America. And they're on a mission to grow that number and build the conservative base. You can become a Heritage member by going to joinheritage.org today. I've been a member of Heritage myself for years. I have Heritage experts on my show, and I rely on their analysis to get the facts out. As a member, you'll get updates from Heritage Foundation on the fight for conservative solutions to America's challenges. Plus, you'll receive exclusive invitations to conservative events where you live. So join the growing movement. Find out more at joinheritage.org. That's joinheritage.org. America guarantees each eligible adult citizen the right to vote. The Public Interest Legal Foundation, a 501c3 public interest law firm, is dedicated entirely to election integrity, to assuring that voter rolls include names of only citizens eligible to vote and that protections are in place to prevent voter fraud of all kinds. The Public Interest Legal Foundation discovered that more than 1,000 non-citizens enrolled to vote in Virginia in just eight counties. And in Philadelphia, felons as well as non-citizens are on the voter rolls. Non-citizens have been registering to vote and voting. The Public Interest Legal Foundation is fighting nationwide and in Texas to ensure that only Americans pick American leaders. We are actively litigating high-impact cases to clean up voter rolls and protect the ballot box. If you do not want your vote canceled out, visit publicinterestlegal.org to join us in the fight to restore integrity to American elections. Protect your vote. Visit publicinterestlegal.org today. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. Okay, so this is fun. I will tell you that, um, I, first of all, I love doing radio. It's so ridiculously fun to me. I, um, you know, I've been very active politically in Texas. My background is a lawyer, and uh, which is also fun. Um, but my, I've been very active politically, and I just love having the ability to it isn't really politics. I, I don't describe my show as political exactly, but it's activism in, in, in support of America, in support of just engaging our society, inspiring people to be part of the, you know, we, we need patriotic leaders in this country, patriotic conservative leaders speaking up in all avenues of life, not just the politicians, not just the people in Washington or your state capital, but the people on the ground when you go to work in your school or, or your neighborhoods or your church or your community groups. We need patriotic, clear-thinking leaders speaking up for what America is all about and able to distinguish when they hear things like from some of these Soros-funded groups that have happy-sounding American names. The truth is they're profoundly anti-American. We need wisdom to be used uh, by the American people to um, to expose it, to talk about it, to to insist on that the roots of America, the founding ideas of America are what made us exceptional. And these ideas have blessed everyone in America, of every race, ethnicity, national origin, and every economic strata. The ideas of America matter. They matter. And, and race, color, religion, creed, ethnicity, do not. Okay, religion matters. It matters to have the roots of, of uh, Judeo-Christian thinking as the as a basis of our society. Okay, but I want to get on to, so I was talking about George Soros before because we're going to, and we're going to, I'm going to work more and more on trying to expose what he does to America. 
But I also want to talk about uh, another issue that's just, and I alluded to it several times earlier, but I want to just hit on it briefly. Okay, and I'm actually half laughing because someone's texting me during the show. I have my iPad here and someone's texting me. <laughs> she texts, this is a new listener. We're on in Arizona now. So a new listener in Arizona texting you talk really fast, but that's okay because that's how I listen. That's kind of funny. Anyway, I don't. I try not to talk too fast, so um, I try to talk so you can follow me. But I want to give you a list of issues and ask you what you th- would say is what is a common uh, commonality in all of these issues. The idea of working hard to get ahead, the idea of self-reliance, immigration reform, climate change, voter integrity or voter ID laws, Secure borders, refugee policy, criminal justice policy, Confederate war memorials, or dealing with our memorials of our history in America. What is a, in the American political culture today, what is the commonality of all of those? And I could have listed, listed dozen more. And the answer is, among these issues, you either have to agree with the left-wing view on them, or you're a racist, according to the left, according to the Democrat media mob. You must agree with them on every subject, exactly what they think. And the same is true of health care reform, uh, whether to repeal Obamacare or not. I mean, on and on and on and on. We become a society where we are. We have the Democrat media mob yanks our chain, you know, flicks out the word there, just, you know, just kind of hurls out the word into the into the conversation well it's you know it's racist if you don't think this it's they, they only say that because they're racist i mean look at this mayor of san juan puerto rico she's trying to allude to trump president trump in america being racist because they don't get aid to them fast enough and beside the fact that she's lying about how much aid has been just poured into puerto rico she's willing to spend time doing Twitter tweets and standing in front of pallets of food sent by us, tweeting, blathering away, instead of attending FEMA meetings to figure out how to get all the supplies that have actually been provided by America to her people. This is a, but if she can make, score a few points in the eyes of ignorant people to claim that America's racist and see this proves Trump's a racist, they'll do it. Okay, so I I mentioned all that to say that I think we have to, and and people who love this country, we have to be able to see through this just endless effort to define everything by race, to label people who won't agree with you as what the left engages in, labels people as racist, haters, xenophobic, homophobic, you know, some other phobic, something evil, Islamophobic, the whole whole political, uh, you know, M.O. of the American left is never to have substantive ideas, never to say what they stand for, how they would solve the problem. In fact, many of the problems we're trying to solve are due to long-term left-wing policies in this country. We're trying to lift people out of them, and every time there's an intelligent conversation started, you get the American left flinging out their whole list of blather-speak accusations, and we need to be smarter and not let them yank our chain. Do not agree that they get to set the terms of the debate. Do not shut up if you think we should have better vetting policy before we bring refugees to America. Speak up. Don't let them silence you. Okay, but in this segment, so I talked about George Soros in the last segment because a lot of what George Soros is doing, besides funding these groups I mentioned, is he's trying to change the national conversation, the national narrative. So, for example, you are a little bit afraid to say, I believe in vetting. Islamic refugees coming here because I'm kind of worried about 
uh, you know, terrorism here. I believe in secure borders because I think American citizenship should matter. And so therefore you're racist and you are xenophobic and you don't like people who don't look like you. We have to be willing to ignore what the argument is uh, that the left makes because it's never substantive. It's always just just childish name calling and be the ones, be the leaders of our society talking about issues. But I want to hit on one other organization. I'm going to be talking about them a lot over the next several months because they are emerging as one of the organizations funded by George Soros and dead set determined determined to divide America, determined to fill America, especially low-income and minority Americans, with lies about what America's culture is like, what American society is like. And this group is the completely discredited Southern Poverty Law Center. And that is how you should talk about them, the discredited Southern Poverty Law Center. You know, again, like many things leftists, they have a happy name. It sounds nice. So they're in the South, they're probably very genteel, and they care about poverty, and they're just trying to help. This organization is as sinister as they come in America and funded by George Soros. I just want to mention a few things about the Southern Poverty Law Center. Their tactic to manipulate Americans, to keep you confused and silenced, is to label. They have a hate map. They have this hate map on their website, and so they label groups as haters. So they have, and, and let me be clear. Of course there are haters in our society. White supremacists are simply evil human beings. They have no, they shouldn't even be allowed in America. They they have no place in the American political conversation, no place in either political party, no place in government, no place anywhere in America's culture. White supremacism, Nazis, the whole lot of them, evil. Everybody agrees, evil. But why is it, for example, the Southern Poverty Law Center, of course, lists, you know, those we'd all agree are evil, you know, white supremacists, Nazis, blah, blah. Okay. They never, ever, though, are willing to label anyone on the American left as evil. But before I get to that, I want to get to a few things they did do that are simply breathtaking. They now claim it's an evidence of evil, an organization being evil, if you, if you believe in traditional marriage. If you think marriage is between a man and a woman. Now, it'd be different if they were labeling people who were, you know, breaking up, uh, you know, same-sex weddings and committing violence. They're just talking about think tanks, church-based organizations, religious-based organizations that are trying to advocate for and stand up for traditional marriage. So, for example, Southern Poverty Law Center has labeled 19 Christian organizations, 19, as hate groups. Groups like Alliance Defending Freedom, fabulous organization. It is dedicated to providing legal counsel to people whose religious freedom has been abrogated. Like the Christian baker who didn't want to bake a cake for a same-sex wedding. Uh, they uh, like Family Research Council, wonderful. Or, in fact, it's the organization that we, you heard earlier today, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin is their executive vice president. This is a culture war stuff I'm talking about. He joined that organization to speak up in the culture war because he sees a lot of what I'm saying to you tonight, which is the American left is not tolerant of anything except their views, and they are willing to call perfectly moral, good, decent American citizens haters and hate groups because those groups preach the Christian gospel, because they they happen to hold the view that marriage is between a man and a woman. And I raise all this to say, you know, the, the effort to paint everything unlike left-wing views as hate, it might have sounded crazy 20 years ago, 
but it's actually working in small degrees all around the country. I mean, I see it in my own political conversations. You know, I, I see friends kind of hesitant who I know are Christian, and I know what they really think is they believe in traditional marriage, but they won't say it. Even they'll say, well, you know, kind of to each his own. What am I to say? You know, I don't want to. I mean, I'm not saying you have to be hateful in your speech. I want everyone to speak in a loving, respectful manner toward their fellow Americans. I'm not advocating people saying cruel things. I am advocating that we have to, as as patriotic Americans, as citizens who love this country, as Christians who do have, if you are Christian, whose whose values and faith shape your views, we have to insist in, in our ability, our right to speak what we think and see without fear of being condemned. And when we come back, one more story, Tom Price resigning. Big mistake. Don't go away. On August 2nd, 2006, Debbie Lee was notified that her son, Mark Allen Lee, had been killed becoming the first Navy SEAL to lose his life in Iraq. She had no choice about the news that was given to her, but she did have a choice how she responded. In response to her son's amazing last letter, she founded America's Mighty Warriors to honor the sacrifices of our troops, the fallen, and their families by providing programs that improve quality of life, resiliency, and recovery. Whether America's Mighty Warriors is hosting retreats for families of the fallen, helping heroes heal who are struggling with traumatic brain injury or post-traumatic stress disorder, providing relaxation at the Heroes Hope Home, stepping in when an injustice is committed, or doing random acts of kindness. As Mark mentioned in his letter, they know the price of freedom and who pays it. Our troops and families of the fallen need your support. Visit americasmightywarriors.org today to learn more. That's americasmightywarriors.org. There's a lot of talk today among media, in academia, in our culture, about everything that is supposedly wrong with America. Political correctness tries to dictate that we must stop thinking that America is exceptional. America's bravest have our back in the air, at sea, and on land. But who has America's back in the culture? In schools, on cable television, in newspapers? It's time to end the greatest prejudice on earth, anti-Americanism. And who makes the case for America? Flag does. Flag is the foundation for liberty and American greatness. Flag has America's back on the cultural battlefield. Flag is a nonprofit battle tank working to change the cultural and media narrative about America. If you think it's time to stand up for America, join the Foundation for Liberty and American Greatness. Your support of Flag is an investment in the America your children will inherit. Visit their website at flagusa.org and consider donating. All donations are 100% tax deductible. That's flagusa.org. Attention Ronald Reagan fans, what is the one item most sought after by Americans who love the Gipper? It's Young America's Foundation's Reagan Ranch Calendar. Young America's Foundation is the leading youth outreach organization dedicated to ensuring that increasing numbers of young Americans understand and are inspired by the ideas of individual freedom, a strong national defense, free enterprise, and traditional values. New audiences of young people across the country are introduced to conservative ideas through Young America's Foundation's programs, including the Reagan Ranch Program. 
program. The Reagan Ranch calendar contains spectacular images of the Gipper enjoying his beautiful 688-acre ranch, the Western White House. For a limited time, the calendar is free. Even shipping is free. To receive your beautiful Reagan Ranch calendar from Young America's Foundation, call 800-USA-1776 and mention the phrase Reagan Gift. Again, the number is 1-800-USA-1776 and Reagan Gift is the code. Learn more about Young America's Foundation at www.yaf.org. That's yaf.org. Could you lose your career because of your faith? Could your pastor be sued because of his sermons? Can students and teachers be punished because of what they believe about God? Can the government or even your employer force you to violate your beliefs? Get the answers and, if necessary, legal protection from First Liberty Institute. First Liberty is the nation's largest legal organization dedicated exclusively to restoring religious freedom in America. In fact, First Liberty's nationwide network of top attorneys win over 90% of their cases. They've won at the Supreme Court all the way down to local schools. Visit FirstLiberty.org to learn more about how First Liberty is protecting religious freedom for all Americans in the workplace, public schools, your church, the military, and more. That's FirstLiberty.org. If you want hope for religious freedom and a free listing of your rights, go to FirstLiberty.org now. And welcome back to my show. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is America Can We Talk. Love, love, love doing this show every week. Hope you tune in every week. I do want to tell our listeners, you can hear the show, of course, uh, on radio on 660 AM in Dallas. And we're now very happily on 960 AM in Phoenix, Arizona. You can also listen on Facebook Live. And um, we always have Facebook Live up during the show. And you can also go to our website, americacanwetalk.org and click on listen live and you can listen that way you can also listen actually someone was just texting me on the break saying she's listening in phoenix on the app on her um the app for that station and, and dallas in the 660 a.m salem station also has an app it's another way to listen and we do put all of our interviews um and uh the entire show content is available on itunes it's available on our website americacanwetalk.org we keep all of our interviews up on our YouTube channel, and especially want to encourage you to go to our YouTube channel for America Can We Talk. I get great help from Carrie Kellerman, who just does a fabulous job, has organized it beautifully. So every week we have my very first segment, First Five. Those are all up on the YouTube channel for America Can We Talk. All of our interviews are um, some of the other special features from the show. So I urge you to look around there. I'd love to have you subscribe to the channel, America Can We Talk, um, and to tune in every week. And also, um, people email me about the show at my radio-related email address, which is americacanwetalk at gmail.com. americacanwetalk at gmail.com. Last thing is our Facebook page, America Can We Talk. We try to, We put articles up a lot. We are, my Twitter feed goes up there, and people comment. We love to have conversations about America. I only block you if you say bad words. You can disagree with anything we think, but um, and put comments up. We love to go back and forth and talk with you. Love to have you do that. So the Facebook page, America Can We Talk, very active. My Twitter handle is at Debbie Can We Talk. So love. I just, you know, one of the themes, in fact, my book, which was called Ladies Can We Talk, I gave I gave a lot of speeches around the time of the book, and I speak a lot publicly, and I always encourage people, we have to be able as Americans to have conversations about the tough issues. This is why I'm so lamenting that the American left 
many, at least on the American left, have just have just relapsed into political dialogue consists of name calling and mocking and scorning and making people feel afraid to speak up because America was founded on the notion and on, on the very idea of being able to speak freely. That was we got started as a country because we had people brave enough to speak up and say, I think we shouldn't put up with King George's violence or his you know, tyranny anymore. We shouldn't put up with his conduct. We should stand up for ourselves. They had conversations about the nature of liberty and the idea what that liberty is a unique gift from God simply because you were born. That's what they wrote in the Declaration of Independence. So our country has to reassert and we have to recognize that freedom of speech is bad enough that the members of Congress, including many on the Republican side, signed this resolution after the Charlottesville violence that called for essentially called for regulation of hate speech. Folks, we do not want to go there. And we certainly do not in the in our normal daily lives, even no matter what the government does, we have to agree as citizens. We do not say and salute to people who try to silence conversation. We ought to be able to discuss every issue facing America, and we need patriotic leaders to understand the roots of America and be spokesmen for this country. Speak up on behalf of this country in in your everyday life. Okay, last topic I want to hit tonight, uh, and the show always goes by too fast. I'm always honestly kind of shocked when the end gets here. I can't believe two hours are up because... As you might be able to tell, I love talking about America. I love talking about the great uniqueness of our country and, and the, the, the virtues of the society created by the founding ideas of America. But I want to talk about something. Last thing practical, I want to hit on the fact that the Health and Human Services Secretary, Tom Price, resigned this week. And I have a bunch of thoughts I want to share. And I, I just think they're, they're really important to notice, to, to take note of. Donald Trump won this presidential election And there has never been a more game-changing election in American history. There has never been a more game-changing election in this country. Whoever you liked in the primary, and he was not my first choice in the primary, but whoever you liked in the primary, the American people by the millions rose up and said, we want to change the direction of this country. We do not want to go in the path that... Barack Obama was taking us down and Hillary Clinton was going to continue down on steroids towards socialism, big government control over society. These people, these voters, they got whether Donald Trump happened to be statesmanlike in the manner he speaks. They didn't care. They heard in him a lover of America, someone who loves America, who loves liberty, who loves this country, who loves business and free markets, who loves entrepreneurship, who believe our country deserves clear borders so that we have a sense of a country again and we have an identity of citizenship. We have a whole notion that America means something. This is what they heard, why they stood up. So Donald Trump, you know, he had a lot of people, regular type of people who political types in Washington didn't know him, didn't want to serve because, you know, he's kind of toxic. He's unique. He's not a political figure. He doesn't have the bench depth that many politicians who if they'd won the presidency would have had. He doesn't have dozens of people he served in Congress with. So he really worked hard to find. And honestly, many of his choices I'm happy with. Some I'm not, but many I'm happy with. One of the great choices he made and got confirmed was Tom Price as Health and Human Services Secretary. If you don't know the story very quickly, it came to light, Politico being, I believe, spearheading the effort to investigate this, but it came to light that that, um, 
Secretary Tom Price had used private jets uh, for travel for business and billed the government for the, which is clearly a far more expensive cost of billing private, uh, you know, Veiling out private jets uh, than charter flights instead of using the normal, uh, you know, random ticket any American would purchase for, on a normal airline. So he had he had rung up a lot of that uh, somewhere in the range of four hundred thousand travel bills. So Politico was saying this is unconscionable; it's a waste of the taxpayers' money. And you know what? I, I despise political, but they're right about that. It is a waste of taxpayers' money. That should not be the case that anyone in government has the ability to, to you know, spend that much money on fl- for flights where you could have gone on a regular commercial airliner. But and, and so that's true. But three things about I want to hit on. One is that, it, it, by contrast, you know, so, so what happened with Tom Price? So this, he did this. It came to light. Uh, and apparently Trump won his resignation. President Trump, I guess he asked for it. And, and Secretary Price resigned. And President Trump accepted his resignation over this, this uh, flight issue. I'm going to say three things that really matter about this. Number one, if you look back at things that Democrats did, somehow it never matters. Democrat administrations never turn on each other. There's, it doesn't matter what the scandal is. Everyone's on the same page. They never turn on each other. So you had, I'll just give you one example. When Eric Holder, Attorney General Holder, was, well, Attorney General, he, his daughters, the daughter's boyfriends, and two security officers boarded a government-owned Gulfstream jet Flew to the Belmont Stakes. Not a business trip at all for entertainment. The thoroughbred horse race in New York. This cost the taxpayers $14,000 and change. Holder only reimbursed the government $955. I could read a bunch of other examples, but I'm not going to make the point. Democrats did the same thing Tom Price did, and it never matters because Democrats never filed the law, so it doesn't matter. But back to what happened with Tom Price. I do think that it was especially egregious, given the theme of President Trump's campaign of draining the swamp, getting rid of corruption. This was a very poor decision by Secretary Price. I do want to plant this seed. I'll be curious if we find out whether or not some of the holdovers in HHS set him up, told him it was okay, common practice. I read a little bit indicating that might be the case, but I don't know. But I do know that it's possible that this was, there was some, a bit of subterfuge behind it, and maybe there was, doesn't excuse it. But I will say also this, it's inconsistent draining the swamp, can't have that in Washington. But I'm very, very disappointed that President Trump didn't handle this by just calling in Secretary Price saying, look, can't do this again, you need to pay the money back, you need to say I'm sorry, and let me, President Trump, re-announce to all of America again to all of my administration that the new there's a new sheriff in town. We are not having exorbitant flight expenses for anyone in the administration. We are going to streamline our budgets. We are not going to have government treated like the kings and queens that we overthrew when we had our, re- our revolution. We are going to be working a working administration. We're not going to have exorbitant charges. And so I think he could have handled all that in a way that said that told Secretary Price you can't do that, but said otherwise I have great confidence in him. I'm, you know, and, and but but that didn't happen. So now we have, and I think why it didn't happen. I think that President Trump is a little bit. I mean, he's been pummeled by the media from really the day he declared his candidacy, and certainly since he became president, since he won the election, and then more so since he became president. 
every step, every conversation, every decision, every it is just, you know, examined uh, upside and down, inside and out by everyone, the Democrat media mob. He's constantly under criticism from from the American left. And it's exhausting. It's probably exhausting. It's trying. I'm not sure he knows how many people he really considers his allies in Washington. I don't know how many people he has around him he actually trusts versus wonders if they're the ones providing leaks to the media. He worries about that a lot. And so I think that it was probably, it may have been viewed as an easier decision by President Trump to go ahead and accept Secretary Price's resignation. But the last point I want to make is, the reason I'm so sorry about this is, is dealing with the Democrat media mob, which is, you know, all the the networks I was mentioned, the mainstream media, there's just MSNBC, CNN being the worst of all, but so many of them. It's not like if President Trump would just concede okay, Secretary Price shouldn't have done this, and so he's going to resign, and I'll accept his resignation, and then everything will be, be okay again. The left, the word that I, I remember Rick Santorum using over and over about them, the left is relentless. They will never, ever, 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 ever stop attacking every single thing President Trump does. Everything he will do in his entire presidency will be criticized by the left, and frankly, some of the rhinos in Congress criticized as, you know, racist, insensitive, intolerant, um, ignorant, hateful, something. All the words the left uses. My point is there is no negotiation with the American left. There is no reason to, to think if we just give them this, they'll stop. They are very much like negotiating with terrorists, which we learned years ago. You never negotiate with a terrorist because they'll always demand more. They will never just say, okay, we raised the point, you went along with it, you decided you know, that Tom Price had to go, and now we'll shut up. They will never shut up. And so President Trump needs to decide that he's going to be strong. I wish he had kept Secretary Price. I wish I had two more hours to talk to you. Sadly, we're out of time for tonight's show. Love talking with you. Hit our website, AmericaCanWeTalk.org. Tune in next week, next week, and always remember to speak up for America. Thank you for listening to America Can We Talk with Debbie Georgiatis. To learn more or to contact Debbie, go to AmericaCanWeTalk.org. America Can We Talk, truth about America. America.